0: Listen up, MuggleCast listeners. Summer is here, and what better time than now to say big at
1: godaddy.com. Get your own shared hosting account with 150 gigs of storage, 1,500 gigs of bandwidth, and 500 email accounts for $664
0: per month when you sign up for one year. Plus, by entering code POTTER, that's P-O-T-T-E-R, you will receive an additional 20% off of any one, two, or three year shared hosting plan. Some restrictions apply. Check out the site for details. Get your piece of the internet at Godaddy.com this is Professor McGonagall, welcoming you all to Mugglecast, hoping you enjoyed. Bobby, they'll be coming. Yeah, Bobby. Yes Well, I just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce Mugglecast
2: to all of you. Thank you, thank you. Because Google has the answer to everything! This is MuggleCast episode 151 for June 30th, 2008. Um, there's nothing to talk about I'm Andrew Sims
1: I'm Laura Thompson
0: I'm
3: Micah Tannenbaum
0: and I'm
2: Matt Britton Alright, welcome to another episode. I'm sorry about the intro, guys. There's just nothing nothing to talk about this week for an intro. I
1: know. It's, nothing's going on. I worked on. 9 to
2: 5 today. I'm exhausted.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too.
2: Mm-hmm. Micah, what's in the news this week? There's nothing to talk about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to Muggle Dale.
3: No, but in all seriousness, there's nothing to talk about.
1: There's two news. Um,
3: actually, there are two things to talk about. I'm going to add something into the mix, but uh, alright. Um, Go for but it. the biggest news of the week was that there was this cinema expo in Amsterdam and apparently Warner Brothers showed some brief footage of Half-Blood Prince as part of a past-slash-future Harry Potter montage. And uh, just wondering, uh, what do you guys uh, think about this? Why is it that, as Andrew put in <laughs> bold, bold, Caps locks. Amsterdam gets to see some of this, but we've been waiting and haven't seen anything for the past couple of months.
2: This is what I don't understand. Okay, the cine cine expo—it's like a big movie expo where you know you see previews of upcoming films, and it looks like this is the first place that a Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince clip was played. But what I don't get is—and I don't—I'm not going to yell—but why is it that these people in Amsterdam? Go to the Cine Expo and get to see the clip. But the fans still have not seen a single video or a teaser trailer or some good uh, pictures. We've seen like a total of two officially released pictures now. But Amsterdam, oh, let's give them a big video, but not the people who actually want to see the stuff. Well, you don't know that people in Amsterdam. I mean, that, that no. probably
0: consists of like half the entire Harry Potter fandom. The Cine
2: that. the cine X Ex- the people who attended the Cine Expo, the Cine Expo. It's just this doesn't make sense. I mean, uh, what they did uh, point out there... Well, actually, you'll get to that, Micah. Never mind.
3: What? Well,
2: because actually, Potter has made what? How, how much, Micah?
3: They've made $4.48 billion worldwide. That's a lot of money.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was the one interesting c- thing that came out of them playing. Apparently, it was a montage of clips of like Harry growing up, and Dan Radcliffe did a little intro video to introduce it. I just don't understand, you know? it's a, It's a real... The fans should be upset.
1: Well, here's what I have to say.
2: <laughs> what?
1: This, plus all the waiting we've been doing, this better be one hell of a teaser trailer. Here, here. Seriously.
0: seriously. Mm. Here's to that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just upsetting that I'm not really upset that they premiered like the first glimpse of all these little clips of Haplet Prince to th- that Cine Expo, but I'm kind of upset why they didn't make it public after they, they yeah. showed it. I mean, it's one thing to, like, premiere it and then just, like, release it to the internet for people to see. Like, I mean, they did that with Order of the Phoenix, all all that expo stuff, didn't they? I mean.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. They, they released did, sure. a
0: lot of stuff for Order of the Phoenix, but for Haplet Prince, we haven't seen one thing yet. Mm-hmm. Nothing available that's, you know, officially released by Warner Brothers that hasn't mm-hmm. been leaked, but n- nothing's even been leaked online yet.
2: Well, not recently.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, except for the occasional one or two photos every
3: six months. Yeah. What's wrong with the photos? I mean, I love the oh, photos. Oh, I don't know, Mikey. Oh you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, I, I just don't understand what's going on here. The later and later we get, aren't we going to be due more for an actual trailer as opposed to just a teaser trailer?
2: Yes. Yes. No, you're right. Well, I think all eyes are on Dark Knight now to see what happens with that. Yeah.
0: Will I there think, be a trailer?
2: Did we all? I, I think all of us, pretty much
0: in the back of our minds, knew it probably would have been Dark Knight. We just didn't want it to happen no. because that was too late for me. That's a long. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, yes, we still exactly. have another month.
1: Well, not quite. Not like two well, weeks not now. Quite.
2: Okay, two weeks. But two weeks ago was one month. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> three weeks. Three weeks. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see.
3: What else is going on, Micah? Uh, well, the only other news of any note was uh, Jason Isaacs did an interview with uh, comingsoon.net. And uh, it's, uh, for some reason, I always like reading the interviews that he does because he's really into the series. More so than I think a lot of the other uh, actors and actresses. Is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so, um, too. He has the most fun with the, the role that he plays. Yeah, he does. And... Uh, you know, it was just interesting reading what he had to say and uh, he said that he had seen J.K. Rowling at some charity dinner or something along those lines and he went over and asked about the seventh book and uh, she had told him that he was going to be in the opening chapter and that it made him uh, pretty happy to hear that news. So
2: Free. You're out in the opening chapter, out of, out of Azkaban. Right. Which, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I like how it says that Joe, like, looked over her shoulder to make sure like the paparazzi was like who was she looking for (laughs) when she looked over her shoulder or maybe she was just doing that to be funny
1: Mm, maybe but but i can see why she wouldn't want tons of people to hear it
2: i think she was just probably just you know being a sport like
0: okay i'm gonna tell you this big secret
2: you're actually in the first chapter (laughs) but don't tell anybody not really big secret though I know, and but that's I not think the biggest. I, th- I think she was just you know just just playing around. Um, actually, one other thing I wanted to talk about. Well, not, it's just worth noting: eighty percent off the deluxe edition of Book Seven at Amazon right now.
1: Holy crap! And one of
2: our readers pointed this out to us. It's a sixty-five dollar book. It's on sale for thirteen dollars. Really? Must be trying to clear out inventory, right? What else could yeah. they? Why else would they do that?
1: Holy and crap! It also says
2: something that's not selling very well. Yeah. Wow. Well that maybe I, I haven't looked at the comments yet, but I assume people are saying this is this is another sign that this is the end. The books are <laughs> the at <laughs> the a bargain is price. Dying. Phantoms over. Um actually no, people it looks like most people were excited. That's good. I would actually buy it for thirteen dollars though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd be Especially more likely if, like, to buy it, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean I do like the cover and it's got a little nice
2: cardboard box. A little frame for yeah. it. And it's got a nice, um, it's got nice, large album art, chapter art. Yeah. In and, and the beginning or then. Is it, is it colored or is it just regular?
3: No, it's line? it's regular. Oh.
0: But it's still yeah. bigger. You can see more. Mm-hmm.
3: It's cool. Well, what you mentioned, though, Andrew, clearing out inventory. Isn't the paperback yeah. coming out soon? Yes. um, Sometime in July, right?
1: Yeah, that would make good sense. I mean, they usually come out about a year after, so.
2: <laughs> right. But, well, that does it for news, right? Nothing else really to discuss. Yeah, it was it was sort a of a slow week. news week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Better luck next week. In um, the announcements now, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. I'm sure we're number number one right now. We thank everyone who's been voting for us. Also, we have an update about new Portis. Month. For There's once. a new
3: month, Andrew.
2: Oh, that's right. It's going to be a new month very soon. So be sure to vote for us because it's going to be MuggleCast Mulai. Mulai. And get ready for MuggleCast August. <laughs> Need everyone to vote. Remember, every month that starts with an M, you must vote for us. Started with Mugglecast March, Mugglecast April, May, Moon, July, August, October, September. Did
1: you miss? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I- oh, sorry. <laughs> you, you missed the most important. Apparently, I don't right know here. how the calendar works. Anyway. Uh yeah. So, uh, update on Portis. Laura, what is the exciting news? People will be. Mm, very excited to hear.
1: <laughs> well, um, as we've so funny? As the exciting news that people will be very excited to hear. I just found it. Funny. Sorry,
2: I, I stumbled over. Okay,
1: fine. I'm just
2: transcriptors like... Edit that out, please. Make it make
0: Andrew, it sound like Andrew, I just spoke
1: fluently. You know, you I just, just love giving you a hard time. They know
2: what they're doing. They're I know. like the smart.
1: Anyhow, what we've about. been talking about for the past oh, I don't know what month this month or so. You think, Andrew?
2: About that. Yeah, Eh, yeah, a couple months, maybe. The idea
1: of doing a MuggleCast meetup at Portis, um, and we've finally got that scheduled. It's going to be on Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. in the common room. So show up there, and we'll be there. Yes.
0: We're going to have some chips and dip, and maybe- Maybe
1: some games and stuff. We're hoping to have- Yeah,
2: well, we're going to have to sit down at Portis, or maybe beforehand, and figure out what exactly- Some activities we could do. I mean, I'm sure people just want to socialize more than anything. I don't know. We could play like Spin the Bottle. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, sure. Three, two, five in the common room. That'd be a lot of fun. Meet fellow MargoCast fans and hang out with us a little longer than just, you know, the quick hello at the podcast afterwards. Ooh, Micah, we could play Pin the Tail on the Goat. Oh, Oh, yeah. Someone suggested that.
0: That's a good idea.
2: (laughs) Micah, can you organize that? Can you be a chair of goat Can you find us a goat?
1: I'm sure he can.
3: Micah? Are uh, there? I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. He's I'm finding just, a goat right now. Uh, there were a lot of comments <laughs> that I could have had right there, and I chose not to issue any of them. Thank you for taking the high road. <laughs> because we would have had to edit out some MuggleCast, and I know Andrew doesn't want to have to edit out any more than he has to.
2: No. Nah. Especially since this show is late, so thank you. Um, MuggleCast... Uh, Fun fact, I want to call this next uh, segment. Got this email from Jana, 13. Or 13. I just completely made that up. I don't know. <laughs> There's no age there There's no all. age there. And I said 13. From Virginia, she writes, hey, I was just wondering how you get the episodes off the site. I really want to listen to some of the older ones. Also, will you uh, will the podcast you do at Portis be released on the feed? Yes, the podcast will be released on the feed, of course. And um, the question, the first question, how do you get the episodes off the site? How do you get older episodes? You, you, go, on the, the episodes you
0: on? go on the website go to Episodes page and then download, and then download whatever website you, right, exactly. we, you want. We right, exactly.
2: We get this question a lot. So so everyone knows, you go to mugglecast.com, Episodes page, All every single episode that we've produced is there on the website for free download. You can't put it in your little podcast thing like these are if you are subscribed in iTunes, but you can't get them on your iPod or any other MP3 or CD player. I so. think it's high time we have a frequently asked question page
0: on Yeah, I think
1: so com. too. We do.
2: We
0: do. Well, then we should post that. Maybe
2: if you guys check the site and or
1: oh,
0: maybe <laughs>
2: if you made it more Oh. See, so I'm going to go to the about page and if you scroll down you see more FAQs. Yeah, but you have to
0: go to about. I mean, it should be one of the tabs you click
2: on.
3: There and well, Look, look well, at this. Matt, very bad. More Clearly they can't click on the episodes tab. What makes you think they're going to click on the FAQ tab? <laughs> yeah. Um oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, there
0: you go.
2: <laughs> well, sorry guys, I tried to help you out. Mugglecast.com is your source for everything Mugglecast. So there you go, just remember that. Lastly, um just one last plug and then we're done. Um We've talked about TwilightSource.com, but this week, Laura, Matt, Elisa, and I have all started a brand new podcast for TwilightSource.com. It's called Imprint. We just released the first episode a few days ago. It's going to be released every other week. Uh, it's going very well. It's in the top ten podcasts on iTunes right now. That That's very exciting, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I couldn't yeah, believe it when insane. I heard <laughs> it. was just Yeah. So
2: <laughs> yeah it's crazy. To think, you know, you've produced Mm -hmm. two podcasts that are in the top ten. That's you to the top ten. So, thank you to everyone who's listened. And if you were interested in listening to a Twilight podcast imprint, just search for it on iTunes. Hit subscribe. You can also go to twilightsource.com.
0: And we can't stress it enough that this is just an extra thing that we're doing on our own time. It's not going to interfere with MuggleCast in the least so. we,
2: we say that as this episode came out on monday and and, and imprint came out on like thursday or friday <laughs> people are gonna be <laughs> but like we
3: recorded it like
2: on sunday and monday though so right it, yeah so
0: like well in right, all fairness
3: days. it's it's more because of our schedules than anything else yeah. Yeah,
2: yes no micah has this schedule that is impossible to work around and you just gotta deal with it it's so. my Mi- yeah it's micah's fault this is late so. yeah not really whose fault is it, it, it this it's week it's mine <laughs> It is yours, yes, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We We all have things that get in the way. It happens. Let's move on to Muggle Mail this week. Matt, you want to take the first one? Yes, I do, actually. Okay. Our first Muggle Mail comes from Fanny, 18 of Canada.
0: Fanny writes... Hi, Mugglecasters. I was just listening to episode 150, where some of you say you cried while reading chapter 34. It made me think of the previous episode, which I I find quite disappointing, to be perfectly honest. You guys were reviewing The Prince's Tale and completely skimmed over most of the memories and Snape's actual death. I cried when Snape died because the emphasis throughout the books placed on Harry's eyes finally makes sense. Snape wanted the last thing he ever saw to be the eyes of the woman he loved. So furthermore, Entertainment Weekly got it wrong. Snape's death should have made the list.
1: Didn't we talk about this, though?
0: Yeah, we did. We we did did talk talk about about the eyes. But but we we actually got a lot of emails about people disappointed that we didn't go over every single detail of Snape's uh, memories in in the prince's tale.
2: Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. The thing was, again, we talk about things that we feel like can actually be discussed. If we can't discuss it, then forget it. We're not going to talk about it. It's boring to just summarize.
0: Yeah, and also, there were a lot of things to talk about in The Princess Tale, and if we did actually talk, even if there was stuff to talk about for each little thing that happened, that episode would have been at least two hours long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I will just delicately point out that when we um, first did chapter by chapter, a majority of the complaints concerned the fact that we were summarizing the chapters. So we either summarize or we pick things that foster discussion. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: What are the but, other? Did we even did we even talk about um Harry's eyes to Lily's eyes? The reason why he said look at me? Yeah. We did say something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um yeah, sorry guys that we didn't say everything in that chapter and um Next time, we'll save more. (laughs) Didn't know how to finish it.
1: Okay. Our next one comes from Alexandra, 19, of Burbank, California. She writes, while sulking in my room about the legal drinking age, I was wondering if wizards and witches had a legal drinking age. Would butterbeer be considered alcohol? What do you guys think? Um, Well, from what I remember, butterbeer is not alcohol, or it's not alcoholic-like, um don't you wasn't it in gosh order of the phoenix where winky had been drinking it and dobby told harry that the effects of butter beer are stronger on house elves than they are in humans or something
2: mm-hmm. so wouldn't that mean that it is
1: well i think you'd
2: have to take
3: a lot of it to get messed up
1: yeah it yeah. would be okay, okay it would be I, like drinking oh gosh maybe i shouldn't say this like like, like a fruit cooler you know, like... Oh, like a wine cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those, you have... You know, you give that to someone who is, like, yeah, tiny and that. But if you give it to someone, an adult, that's right. not going do I Morris, should shut you up you get now. midgets drunk? <laughs> the, the main... Micah. <laughs> <laughs> the main question I,
2: uh, I wanted to ask here was, what is the legal drinking age in the wizarding world?
1: I don't think there is one, because there's not... Okay, at least... I think it would vary by country, just like it doesn't. Yeah, any- because, like for instance, okay, everyone knows that the drinking age is severely relaxed in Europe, so I really yes. doubt sixteen. Yeah,
2: eighteen. Well, yeah, 18 people aren't up tight Yeah, but
1: on, but they don't the even really enforce that that much.
2: Yeah, right.
1: Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Well, there that. aren't. Re- I mean, do they even have that many strong alcoholic drinks? In the wizarding world, that's mentioned, except fire whiskey.
1: Oh, they have sherry and brandy. Oh, yeah, bottle and... from
0: Trelawney. Yeah,
3: but yeah, it's it says butterbeer has a very small amount of well, alcohol in it.
0: Seventeen is the um the wizarding legal age, for, as considered as an adult. So maybe at seventeen, they just don't care anymore.
1: Well, yeah. if butterbeer has a small amount of alcohol in it, they've all been drinking it since they were thirteen.
0: True. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah. So. All they're right. not. They're well, not. Doesn't Harry take a shot of uh, fire whiskey after yeah, he did, yeah.
1: Moody dies?
0: Yeah. And we never read any side effects. So
2: he he must be. He, you know.
0: he
1: didn't get wasted, basically.
2: He, yeah,
3: he didn't get wasted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, and then the final email for today. Oh.
3: Uh, the final email comes from Scott 19 of Pittsburgh. He says, I feel obligated due to the fact that I have been an avid entertainment weekly reader for years upon years now that I must defend it on episode 150. You all seemed really harsh on entertainment weekly's choice. Maybe you're a tad bitter from the fact that we still don't have a teaser yet, but who knows? Anyway, those chose goblet. Hold on. Anyway, those chose Goblet of Fire because it was the first book to really become a book. Uh, And the other three before were kind of children-y type novels. And why not like Book Six? Because Book Four was more influential. Book Four was the book that brought in the new era of Joe's books, the ones where adults are just as interested. Also, I too was expecting them to use the whole series, but the list was for best book, as in single book. Though still, I'd like them to have lumped it together as they did with his dark materials hopefully i've made you reconsider the WTFness of episode 150
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, i still well, don't think they gave that much thought to it but okay yeah i think what you'll want i think
0: i think maybe uh goblet of fire probably had the most <sighs> no no Oh, never mind. No, I don't think so.
2: I, I agree with what he said that it's it was it started a new era of Joe's books, but I don't think Entertainment Weekly well, considered that. I don't think it was like the first adult book. I mean, I
0: think the the series in chronological order has a great transition. Yeah. It, tra- it transitions really well from you know a child's book from the very first one to you know the more adult oriented last three of the books. I I, I think you know. As you read from first to last, you get slowly acclimated to more adult themes. Right. So I don't think it was like a huge leap or anything that was like saying, this is the first, this is a new era of the Harry Potter books. Because, you know, book three was kind of dark too. I
3: think I even mentioned last episode that, you know, book four was kind of the first book where Harry experiences death um, right in front of him. Uh, You know, we really don't get an idea of, of, or what his memory is of what happened to his parents. And, you know, that, that was really the turning point. And and I kind of agree with what Scott's saying. The first three books were a little bit more childish in the way that they came across. And and now you get the goblet of fire and all of a sudden it's turning a little bit darker.
2: Okay, Okay. Well, yeah. Like I said, I agree with what he had to say. I just don't think entertainment weekly considered that,
0: you know, well, I can't, thinking about Goblet of Fire kind of starts the whole war though. I mean, the whole after Goblet of Fire, the entire book series is based on one thing and it's He Who Must Not Be Named has returned and the war has begun. Mm. Right. So I mean, you can probably think of it as the beginning of the you know, the new war for the Wizarding World. But you know, as a classic I don't know. I don't think there really is a specific book that can be a classic except for the first book since the original one. But, you know, I'm just saying what I said last
1: week. All
2: right. Well, uh, with that, does someone have anything else to say? Nope. Uh, Let's move on to chapter by chapter this week. We're talking about the uh, penultimate chapter. You guys like that word penultimate?
1: Very See,
0: nice. I, I know Very my nice. language. Yeah, thank
2: you. Yeah, thank sure. you. That's, that's pretty good. And yeah, no, the epilogue doesn't count as a chapter, so don't email me and be like, it's
1: "Not the penultimate. That means second to last." Anyway. Well, hey Andrew, I think it's incontrovertible that you, you know, <laughs> you you know all these great words. I'm so proud of your vocabulary.
2: I still don't know what that means, but <laughs> he um, has a list on his his desktop right now. <laughs> you know what I do? I'll admit this. I'm you not pull afraid a dashboard. to Whenever somebody <laughs> says. Well, no, close. Yeah, that's a good idea. But also, like, if someone says a word on the podcast or something, or I am, I'll go to Google and I'll type in define colon and then the word, and it gives you a definition.
1: That's that's
2: cool. So Google people,
1: (laughs) what? That's a little
3: trick I learned. I'm
2: I'm just kidding. (laughs) A little trick I learned. Those Google people
3: are so smart.
2: Yeah, they are. Isn't that cool, Micah? That's cool. You're you're all going to start using it now. Google. Yeah, here, Google dot
3: com defined. (laughs) Colin goat <laughs> <laughs> any of numerous agile ruminants r- related to sheep but having a beard and straight horns <laughs> thank you for that wow. wow
2: and and see mikey you say you're tired of that goat talk but you you fuel it with things like that
3: well matt started it this week so
2: no oh, no. no 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 your comment just fueled it for another three months guaranteed all right anyway chapter by chapter this week chapter 35 King's Cross Um, this is the chapter that I couldn't do quote was for last week because it's just Harry and Dumbledore the whole time I mean what can you do anyway this is the big chapter where Harry speaks with uh, Dumbledore again Um, it's a very moving chapter Dumbledore talks a lot basically explaining to Harry you know everything you know remember in book 5 how he said sit down Harry I'm gonna tell you everything yeah he didn't really yeah that that. was a
1: lie
2: yeah that was that was a big lie that's like a like book seven's like the third time he said i'm gonna tell you everything yeah i mean like if there was an eighth book he would give him a whole other story (laughs) that's crucial
1: (laughs) although i have to say one of the things that's great about this um is it is different in that respect because Dumbledore doesn't really tell harry anything harry just realizes he already knew
2: so chapter starts up with harry waking up and realizing he's alive and he also realizes he's naked again. He was not perfectly sure he was there himself. That's a quote from the book. Matt, what did you say before the show started?
0: I want to know why Joe is so keen on getting Harry naked so much in this book. <laughs> well, I
3: this mean, is only
0: the second time, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's... It could be. Well, the only other time Harry's been naked was in the Prefix bathroom in Goblet of Fire. Right. But... I don't know. I just...
1: I think she added well, it present... subliminally after uh, Equus. Do you think Equus has anything yeah. to do with this? <laughs> oh, ha ha,
2: guys. You took my joke. Prophecy. Uh, ha ha ha. You're so predictable. I believe it, though. But he's not really going to be naked in the film, so... He's not? Right? I don't think so. Would he? No.
1: Um, well, they would make it look like he was naked. You think so? Yeah. They Ooh. made it look... They made <gasps> it look like he was naked in Goblet of Fire.
2: Yeah, but he was in a tub. I mean, it was written that way. Yeah, but what they'll do is
1: they'll just shoot it so that you can see, like, his chest upward or something. Like, ah, his chest!
2: (laughs) That does it for me. (laughs) I Um, bet it does. (laughs) Voldemort is there in the background, but it's the Horcrux version of Voldemort, and he's crying in the background. At first, he didn't really – Harry didn't know what it was at first, but then he realizes what it is. Um, I guess there's not really much to talk about with this, but we do have to talk about, it or else people are going to complain. Um, what's interesting though? A lot of people emailed in saying, "What does that represent?" And it's pretty clear that it's Voldemort's Horcrux. It represents his Horcrux, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah I was. How think come so. Harry got the emo Horcrux though? I mean, why is the
1: Horcrux crying? Because he's dying, right? Well, I think what's really interesting about this quote unquote king's cross location is it seems to restore people to or things in that creature's case to what they naturally are without any sort of um social pretense you know for instance normally harry has to wear glasses to correct his vision yet here he's not wearing them and he can see clearly he's not cut or injured so you can see him as he truly is and i think here we get to see voldemort as he truly is and it's a really Mm. interesting contrast because we're always used to seeing him as this um huge threatening cloaked figure and yet here he is defenseless and and repulsive almost pathetic
2: Yeah,
3: that's a really good point. One of the things I wanted to bring up was it said in the chapter that he wanted to comfort this thing, although it repulsed him. And I just thought that kind of showed uh, the type of person that Harry is, the type of character that he is throughout the entire series. That no matter what the situation, he always has this thing about him that he has to go and, and, and try. And he's got a saving thing about him. Even when it comes to something as decrepit and disgusting as this part of Voldemort's soul that's you know cowering right. in the corner.
2: So this entire scene is taking p- place between Harry and Dumbledore at King's Cross Station, and at first Harry doesn't know where it is, and then he says to Dumbledore, "Is this King's Cross?" And Dumbledore says something like, "Oh my, is it really?" Like complete sarcasm. How cool is the symbolism here? Essentially, what it's saying is, well, uh, what the symbolism is that. Harry can either take the train and die or not take the train and go back to Hogwarts somehow. Well, I, I guess, what does it say at the end of the thing? I, I forget what actually
3: happens. Doesn't Dumbledore tell him uh, this is, as they say, your party?
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm and this is
2: also all happening
0: in his head. Hang on. But... let
1: me I know what you're talking about, Andrew. Let me find See,
0: it. See, th- this reminds me of a Gladys Knight song saying, take the midnight train to Georgia. You can... <laughs> You can take the midnight train to Laura's house to join. Oh,
1: God. Uh, Here, I found the quote. Um, It's Harry says, I've got to go back, haven't I? And then Dumbledore says, that is up to you. And Harry asks him if he has a choice. And then Dumbledore says, oh, yes, we are in King's Cross, you say. I think that if you decided not to go back, you would be able to, let's say, board a train.
2: So Yeah, it's very symbolic. It's so cool. I love it. Yeah. Are there any other places in the wizarding world that could have been representative of a choice between moving on or staying alive. Ha 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 stay alive. Ah <laughs> oh, <I don't>
1: <laughs> taking the train. Taking the train. Stay alive.
2: Okay. Um, I don't know. I song. mean
1: the the whole concept of using any kind of mode of transportation in kind of a limbo between life and death scene is actually fairly common. It happens on most TV shows at one point or another, and I'm sure it's in tons of other books. So really, I think it's one of the best ways to represent it. I I think what makes it really cool is just that it takes place at a a location that has become so familiar to us throughout the books because we've seen it in every book, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's what really gives it an interesting twist, I think.
3: It's also one of the the main entry points that we've seen throughout the series between, you know, the Muggle world and the Wizarding world. And, you know, it's really, other than going in the first book um, to Diagon Alley, you know, sort of having to go through at King's Cross Station is one of Harry's first entrances into the Wizarding world. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of... Religious um, parallels here as well, and I don't know if we're going to talk about those or not.
2: Well, 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 like what? What are you talking about? In this scene, in this exact like this topic, or elsewhere? You mean?
3: Well, I think there are some. I mean, how it was sort of a a domed top to the to the station, and I don't know. I just thought there was a lot of religious symbolism there. Could it possibly be, you know, like a church or? any other religious place of worship well and that's a good
1: point too because you often hear stories of people talking about near-death experiences and a lot of these always seem to claim that you know i saw a white light and then someone said it's not my time yet or someone said you need to go back you know which is somewhat what happens here except terry's actually given the choice yeah well what about
0: Instead of King's Cross, I think another place that would have been um, relevant would be uh, the Veil place. Ooh! Because Ooh. we all thought that there was going to be another time we get to see the Veil. Yeah. I mean, we keep talking about how serious quote unquote died mm-hmm. when he went over the Veil. I mean, it couldn't like Harry and Dumbledore be talking with the Veil in front of them, and if he decided to die, he would just walk through it. Yeah. Or he could hear like his parents' voices on the other side.
1: I guess. I guess the reason this was chosen is it's it, it provides the perfect state of limbo. He's neither alive nor dead. Whereas with the veil, if you're outside of it, you're alive, and if you're inside of it, you're dead.
0: I don't really see the train symbolism, but I know what, I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, the train is just go. It goes w- one way.
1: Well, I guess it's it's sort of that. Uh, neither here nor there idea, for instance. that's what a
0: train station is. Yeah. Because you're kind of just, you know, just stagnant until you you reach, until you you pick up the train to your
2: destination.
1: Yeah.
2: I wonder if Joe could have taken it a step further and just had it set right in front of Platform 9 and 3 quarters, you know, whether, you know, like right outside of it. Because that's exactly where Harry first entered the magical world when he went through the pillar. And I think it kind of would have been cool whether he was right outside of the pillar, you know, like, as if he was about to go into Platform 9 and three quarters, Mm -hmm. or he's right there at the wall that takes him out. And that would be kind of cool. Well, who knows? They may actually put that in the movie instead.
0: Well, you know, I bet they will. Yeah. They may. Or... Uh, yeah, you never know what I yeah. what
1: I think the point of this was, and I think Micah touched on it briefly a second ago, talking about religious symbolism. Is the location's very ambiguous um, because when Harry mentions to Dumbledore he thinks it's King's Cross, Dumbledore kind of laughs and he's like, "Really? Is it?" A- and so it's sort of like you know, in the eye of the beholder. You know, maybe Harry goes there and sees King's Cross, but then maybe someone else goes there and sees a church
3: the name itself king's cross is kind of symbolic in terms of religion also oh yeah i, mean, I don't yeah. know that i don't know the history behind the actual station but you know just kind of calling the chapter king's cross is a little you know i think that there's some religious aspect to that you know referring to the cross and such
2: sure and, and just a cross could be also interpreted across in the road. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Forking in the road. Yeah. You know? So many ways to interpret this. It's like art. <laughs> it's like Picasso. It's the Bacchus. Well, that's exactly.
3: Yeah, that's a great point you actually just brought up. It's a crossroads what? for Harry. I mean, what better place yeah. than a place of transportation, I guess? Yeah.
2: Well, exactly. I mean, that's what we've been talking about. Yeah. Does everybody buy
0: Dumbledore's full story to Harry? I mean, does anyone still believe that he's an ass for setting up Harry as a pig for slaughter? And the reason why I ask this is because um, when Dumbledore explains to to Harry, he he apologizes to him. What do you guys think? Any thoughts?
1: (laughs) I'm not sure we were intended to entirely think that Dumbledore was right, though.
0: Well... But why is it when, at the end of every book, when Dumbledore tells him the story, he always says, I'm sorry, Harry, I should have told you. Or, I'm sorry, Harry, the fault is mine. Because he's a flawed, <laughs> he, he's a
1: flawed character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but well, I mean,
0: does does he constantly... I mean, I kind of wish that Harry goes, yeah, I know. I mean, this is what you've been telling me. This isn't news to me that it's your fault. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well... I was always taught as a child that sorry meant you won't do it again.
0: Hmm. Love means never having to say your son. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Laura.
2: Sorry.
1: <laughs> I, I kind of lost my train of thought.
2: Oh, uh, sorry.
0: Uh, did you take the wrong train? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, I hope not.
3: <laughs> what was interesting about this part was y- y- Dumbledore is almost egging Harry on. You know, Dumbledore is not really the one that's telling the story. Harry has to keep coming up with all the answers, which is a little bit different than what we're used to. You know, it's it's like you're reading through this chapter and Dumbledore just keeps smiling at Harry, like, "Yeah, come on, right? Yeah." And then what happened? And then what does that right. mean? And you know, it, it was just a little weird. Um, and but then again, you know, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, you mentioned that Dumbledore apologizes setting Harry up, but yeah, it, it seems almost that he knew and or at least he guessed that harry was going to in the end be okay and he even goes on to say you know my guesses are usually correct um and it's just if he guessed wrong they wouldn't be having this conversation right now and you're right the book would you're have right. ended so
2: but this whole time we're talking about this I guess we also have to remember, again, that this isn't actually Dumbledore. So, should we see it as Dumbledore saying all this? Because it's, like Laura said, it's happening in Harry's head. So, how do we interpret this?
1: I think well, we interpret it, and and we touched on this a little bit last week when we were talking about why Dumbledore didn't appear when Harry used the Resurrection Stone. And I think it's because Harry doesn't need him anymore. Not that he wouldn't love for him to be alive, but... Harry doesn't really need that guidance anymore because Dumbledore even said that he was a wonderful man and that he was also a better man than he, Dumbledore
3: was. And I would argue that it is Dumbledore just for the sheer fact of, of the quote that you put in at the end, Andrew. You mentioned that it's happening inside Harry's head, but look at what Dumbledore says to him.
2: But why on earth should that mean that the, it is not real?
3: It's such a nice, uh, so who's to say that it's really not him?
1: Well, it leaves so much open for interpretation, you know?
2: And that's the very last line we ever hear from Dumbledore, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so heart-wrenching. I want to (laughs) cry.
2: I'm actually tearing up right now. Poor guy. Okay, well, let's move along before the waterworks really start coming.
1: Uh, We also find out that Harry was, of course, the seventh and unintended Horcrux. Um, this was the source of much debate <laughs>
2: prior yeah, to seven made me very <laughs> <laughs> something. Something fluttered in my chest when I read that line. <laughs> <sighs> no, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. Because for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, in particular, Ben and Emerson were having a very public um, fight with yeah. M- Melissa from Leaky over whether Harry or not is a Horcrux. Uh, most notably, it was discussed at our live podcast in July uh, at, at um during the L.A. premiere. Emerson and Ben were fighting that Harry was a Horcrux. Melissa was saying he, sh- he wasn't. So, of course, reading this, you know, it was like, <laughs>
1: oh, my God, Ben
2: and Emerson were right. Did you
1: guys think Harry was a Horcrux? No, I actually didn't. And I kind, of, I, I kind of laughed at myself when I read it. I was like, huh, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. it just...
2: Through all the tears that were going on, you, you, you managed to. Okay, that.
1: I wasn't That's crying cool. during this chapter.
0: <laughs> Wait, what, what are we talking about? Now?
2: Harry being a horcrux. Matt, did you think Harry was a horcrux before you read it? Were you... No,
0: I didn't. I honestly, I did not think it was a horcrux. Yeah, I, none I was, of us did. I was listen I mean, I, I heard all your guys' podcasts. All, I mean, pretty much all the Two top podcasts for Harry Potter, and about all the people who said they thought it was a Horcrux and who didn't think I was on. I was on the other side, thinking that Harry was not a Horcrux. Good, good boy.
2: <laughs> Actually, bad boy. Okay. Well, you thought he wasn't one either. Go ahead, Laura. Continue. Yes.
1: And uh, we finally got confirmation on what Dumbledore's gleam of triumph was in *Goblet of Fire*. If you guys will remember, um, after Harry tells him that Voldemort used Harry's blood to rejuvenate himself. Harry could have sworn he saw a gleam of triumph in Dumbledore's eye, um, and this was a source of some speculation for a while because everyone was wondering, you know, why would Dumbledore look happy about this? And
2: it even what s- is a gleam of triumph? Just like a It's um, hard to illustrate on a yeah. podcast, but yeah. it, like your eye widens and you have a little like smile, your eyebrows are almost like a smirk. But like triumph yeah. is like
0: an ultimate like emotion i mean if, if a gleam of triumph is pretty much just like his face just widening as far as it can go and his eyes going
1: mm, not, <gasps> not necessarily <laughs> it's kind of like have you ever sort of been not like, heard an argument going on or heard something going on that you weren't really involved in but then the side that you were on came out on top and you just kind of have that little moment of glee to yourself. That's kind of how I imagine it. There you go. Oh, there you
0: go. That's a good explanation. Good job, Laura.
1: Good job. Thanks, Matt. Anyhow, (laughs) how it was answered was that Lily's protection was keeping both Harry and Voldemort alive because as long as Voldemort lived, Harry was anchored to life because his blood flowed in Voldemort's veins with Lily's protection.
3: I have a question because there was that whole explanation about the wands and why um you know the wand that harry was using sort of just acted of its own accord during this chapter and and it made yeah. absolutely no sense to me when dumbledore was trying to explain this did you guys understand what was going on what
2: part exactly are you confused about just the, the, how 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 harry's uh, wand shot back at voldemort when he cast the cadaver or whatever it was
1: well, that's not till the next chapter, right? Or are we discussing? No, when Dumbledore?
2: Voldemort cast, I, I'm not, I'm confused. What?
1: Well, I think Sorry, okay, my... you're talking about um, Harry and Voldemort um, wands shared a core. Correct. And Voldemort then discovered that they couldn't fight against each other. So
3: there's this part where Dumbledore is explaining how the wand knew to act by itself. Do you remember?
1: Oh, oh, wh- yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: When I they're that in the seven potters chapter where Voldemort reaches Harry and then his wand just all of a sudden starts to shoot whatever spell it did out against Voldemort to protect him.
1: Yeah. He was saying that, um, Harry's wand had come to recognize Voldemort's wand as both an enemy and a close relative. And so not only did it recognize it as a threat, but it knew how to protect itself from Voldemort because Voldemort had the same capabilities.
0: Mm. Well, didn't his um didn't um Harry's wand after um after the um priori priori incantatum, um, when Harry won that battle because his courage was you know greater or, wh- or whatever reason it was, um, didn't it say that that the wand recognized Voldemort as a mortal enemy and could act on its own, own accord? Yes.
3: Right, but wasn't he using Lucius's wand during that attack? Right,
0: but it, but it's it's Voldemort's magic essence or w- w- whatever it is that that the wand sensed. Yeah, Oh, okay. I
1: think that's what it was because wasn't. it's not
0: the wand that it recognizes. It's it's the person that the magic's coming from.
1: Yeah, because yeah, Voldemort made the mistake of thinking that it was just the wand that mattered.
3: Gotcha. Yeah. But then there was another part that he brought up. Remember when they were in uh, Godric's Hollow? When they were about to, when they escaped from Voldemort, I thought that he mentioned something about that moment as well.
1: Well, he said that the, the the wand... Voldemort
3: was scared that night for some reason.
1: Mm, I don't remember that part. What mm. I remember about Godric's Hollow was Harry asking if his wand was so strong, why was Hermione able to break it? And Dumbledore essentially explained that up against Voldemort, it became sort of this invincible death stick, whereas up against any other wand, it would behave normally. I don't know if that answers your question, but
0: Well because because it's the kinship between the two wands, I yeah. think it is. It's like well, it's just like, you know, when you're up against y- your friends, you know, you're you are you are equals, but when you're up against, you know, your brother or sister, it's like the bonds shift.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's like if you're playing Nintendo Wii and you're playing it with a friend, yeah. it's a little less formal and you're playing against a sibling and it's oh. to the death.
3: Yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> right. I win. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, that helps me out, though. Sorry, I'm stupid, but hey.
2: Well, Mike, I'm glad I could answer your question.
3: Yeah. If your name is Laura, then you did a great job. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Laura. And I really Matt.
1: enjoy your analysis. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Moving on a little bit, um, what about Ariana and how he dreaded beyond all things that it could have been him who killed her? Um. There, there's a couple of things. It's not just Ariana here, but throughout this entire series of, of conversations that he's having with Harry, he also has some guilt about the Potter's murder. And uh, Harry ends up reassuring him that his parents having the invisibility cloak wouldn't have helped them that night, that Voldemort knew where they were and that he was going to kill them no matter what. But it's interesting now, You know, you almost see Dumbledore, or you do see Dumbledore, he starts to break down. And you know, it, Harry reassures him numerous times throughout the course of this chapter. You know that that he is a good person. But I mean, what do you guys think about how he reacted to the whole Ariana situation, and then you know, the Potter's murder? This is a something about Dumbledore we've never seen before. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think I think this the Dumbledore that we see is you know the. Of course, the deceased um, soul of Dumbledore that, you know, when you die, there's pretty much nothing to do but look back and think what could have been or what could have happened if I did this or that. And I think he's just blaming himself for all the things that he thinks could have gone better and and done by him. So maybe that's why he was saying like he was apologizing for the Potter's death and think it was his fault. I think he tends to take a lot of the blame for himself. Mm-hmm. because he does because he thinks that he is such a flawed person that uh, you know in contradicting what other people think of him
1: well he also realizes that um despite any any sort of idea to the contrary um his flaws contributed largely to these tragedies i mean especially the the one involving the death of his sister um you know harry can say The invisibility cloak wouldn't have helped his parents all he wanted, but there's a a decided advantage to escaping from a murderer when you're invisible. Maybe that's just me.
2: Nope, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I think also that Dumbledore can't help but be apologetic in this situation. And just look where Harry is. And maybe this is the, the Harry that Dumbledore sees in his mind, just an apologetic version. I think Harry would want Dumbledore to be apologetic.
3: Well, and be I mean, completely truthful, too. I mean, it's time yeah. to to come clean with everything that's been going on for the past seven years or more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you guys remember? I do. Do you guys remember before Order of the things came out? They released that little oh, snippet. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. This gets
2: me so much. Oh, my gosh. Sit down, Harry. It's time to tell you everything, or something along those. Lines. They posted like something- that
1: thing on like store windows everywhere.
2: I pooped my pants. <laughs> I straight up pooped my pants. Dumbledore is going to tell Harry everything. Like this is again. This is <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, you know, that that's just the, one of the coolest lines of Order of the Phoenix, especially as, as a teaser.
1: And then he didn't really tell him that much. No, he, <laughs> he didn't tell him anything. anything.
3: Oh my god! You're talking about the movie, right? No, no, the no, book. Oh, this was be- that was before my time reading.
2: Oh, okay, no. but oh my gosh, like you know, I'm glad they did that just because that made me like so happy. I was just running on a natural high, you know, just running down the streets singing Dumbledore.
0: I remember reading that uh when i when i was walking past um i think it was borders or something and i read it and i, I... I I was kind of skeptic though about it because it was the fifth book in a seven book series yeah that's yeah. true yeah. I mean he's like what can he possibly tell everything I mean is it really just going to be a, two books of him knowing everything and being in control <laughs> well I-, I thought that fun. it
1: was going to be everything Dumbledore knew and I was assuming that there was going to be some stuff he didn't know not that he right. knew everything the whole time and that he was just lying <laughs> <laughs> and disclosing information in a systematic one book
0: each <laughs> but, per rate it, like ugh I mean, think of what we know now. If that really happened where Dumbledore, you know, said, okay, Harry, sit down. I am going to tell you everything. He's going to, like, overload this kid with all this information. And that's going to be a six-chapter part of the book, just him telling everything.
1: And they'll turn it into five minutes of a movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Or they just cut it and put it in the deleted scenes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or they don't explain anything like they did in Order of the Phoenix. I'm
0: just saying, I love you. And I always just didn't want to be as tempted to say that.
3: Well, uh, I guess here we can kind of talk about um, – you know, he brings up Grindelwald and everything that, that, that went along with him. And uh, what I wanted to to add to this was uh, the, you really get an idea of, of how much like the Death Eaters these two guys were, at least in theory, early on. Sure. Um, and it's kind of scary because y- you don't realize <laughs> – that again, that there's this side to Dumbledore that existed, um so
1: yeah, oh no, it's true. I mean, he even talks about how much the idea of making Muggles subservient pleased him, right, he really uh sort of gloried in that idea, and it's yeah. it's interesting to see the complete turnaround he made,
3: yep, and he literally goes through the The Deathly Hollows one by one. He's like, "This is what the Elder Wand would have done for us. This is what the Resurrection Stone would have done." He he says we would have had an army of Inferi,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, you know, and then of course the invisibility cloak. Um, but you know, and then then he goes on to mention how he would have used the Resurrection Stone more for his own selfish reasons to bring back yeah. his family.
0: This kind of reminds me of um I'm sorry I'm going to use a little um parallel to another fantasy series of Lord of the Rings when Gandalf <laughs> said that he would use um the the ring of power for good but knowing that the ring would just be evil or doing something but I mean it, it just reminds me of you know Gandalf right. and Dumbledore parallels where they know that they, they they know what kind of person they are if they had that kind of
1: power with them yeah, and Dumbledore talks a lot about power in this chapter, and this is where we find out why he turned down being Minister of Magic so many times, because he knew if he was given an ounce of power, he took an immense risk of becoming a totalitarian.
0: But a nice right. one.
2: <laughs> okay, well, and then uh, what Dumbledore would have seen in the Mirror of Erised becomes clear, and I mean, I, I was, didn't we talk about this in uh, the last chapter by chapter? Well, not the last one, but the one where we discussed Ariana and all that?
3: Probably. yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, we can reiterate. So people don't complain. I mean, duh, he would see his family.
3: Right. <laughs> and Harry Sorry. comes to realise that. Right.
1: Yeah. Well and what's great about that is you remember that line in Sorcerer's Stone where he asked Dumbledore what he saw in the mirror and Dumbledore says socks and then Harry is rethinking LOL. it and he's like and he thinks that Dumbledore might not have been entirely truthful. Well, I mean, isn't that obvious? Well yeah, yeah, but it's just a nice little tie in. It's an, another one of these parallel things that I'm all about, you know? And yeah. it just yeah. it just shows that Joe just tied everything up and oh my gosh, it makes yeah. me so happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Harry just said, you know, that's not true. Come on, I'm, I'm only 11 years old. And then Dumbledore tells him,
1: and then Dumbledore would worry, have been like, Harry, "Okay, Harry, in
2: your in your fifth year, I'll tell you, everything. <laughs> <laughs> but not until then." So moving along, Dumbledore continues to answer Harry's and all of our questions. Um, why did he make it so hard? Which was a good question. And here's where Dumbledore admits one of his faults. He says, "I counted on Miss Granger to slow you up, Harry." I was afraid your hot head may dominate your good heart. I wanted you to possess them safely.
1: Well, what I thought of this when I read that line, especially, I wanted you to possess them safely. It reminded me of parents teaching their children to drink responsibly.
2: Yeah. No, you're right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
2: This was kind of the
0: first time that, um, well, this is the first time that Dumbledore wants Hermione to slow him down. He wanted to, like, he's basically saying that Hermione makes him reckless, is doesn't it? And he just kind of wanted Hermione just to be out of the picture and just have her, he just knows what she's like because she always thinks there's something cryptic or something inside, so
3: he yeah. gave her
1: that
0: book just so she could slow him down.
1: Well, yeah,
3: Yeah. I, I think he was counting on her, you know, always wanting to do the research, always wanting to err on the side of caution, and... You know, there's a lot of times throughout the course of this book that Harry may have used one of the more, other than the Invisibility Cloak, but one of the other Deathly Hallows to his advantage. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Especially the Resurrection Stone.
1: And and Dumbledore actually mentions this during the chapter. We see such a stark contrast between um, the way Harry possessed the Hallows and the way Dumbledore possessed them. Dumbledore flat out admitted that he would have used the Resurrection Stone to bring people back who were already at peace, Whereas Harry used the Resurrection Stone to give him the courage to face his death. And I just, I love that distinction yeah. because for so long we'd seen Dumbledore as this flawless character who, he, he said he wasn't afraid of death. And it goes to show maybe not for himself, but for others, definitely so.
2: So Dumbledore continues to constantly question himself. He asks if he's any better than Voldemort. Numerous times Harry has to defend Dumbledore to himself.
3: No, I think we, we touched on this and, and it's throughout the entire chapter. I mean, we see a different side of Dumbledore. Um, you know, he, he just, he's breaking down in this chapter and, you know, Harry is almost like the 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 adult to Dumbledore being the child. You know, he keep, has to keep telling him how he did everything for good as opposed to Voldemort who has done everything for evil, obviously.
2: And again, again I think that Harry wanted it that way. I think that's why Dumbledore does present himself that way. Harry wants to, you know, Harry wants to feel like it was Dumbledore's fault. It was not, like, you know, Dumbledore put him through all this. Harry did everything right. Maybe. Well,
1: I think Harry needs the closure of knowing that Dumbledore was finally honest with him. Yeah. So either, I mean, and again, there are various ways to interpret it, but it would seem like the two most basic ways would be to think that Dumbledore came as you know his last word to Harry, or Harry's mind made it up as a way of closure, or it could be a little bit of both. You never know.
2: Um, and then, of course, finally at the end, Harry asks, "I have one last question: Is this is this real?" Of course, it is happening. It's or he yes. Asks- Harry asks, "Is this happening inside my head?" and Dumbledore says, "Of course it is happening inside your head, Harry, but why on earth should that mean that it is not real?" Again. Wonderful line in the yeah. final words from Albus Dumbledore.
0: Kind of like a Harry Potter the Matrix.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, that concludes chapter by chapter. Ooh, it's time for um quote quiz. Uh-huh. Quo? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I'll join you when hell freezes over, Dumbledore's army.
1: Wow, that was as Everyone didn't know <gasps> who that was. Yeah, like
2: no one knew that one. Come on, Andrew. There's Quo Quiz this week. Well, it's time to um. Take some voicemail calls now. Okay. We have three this week. You know, they're just little questions, nothing big, just little little things that people called in. <laughs> so um, let's listen to the first one now. All right.
0: Hey, Nogglecast. My name's Arisa. I'm 11 from Ontario. I have a question about robe sizes. Every year, Harry and the Weasleys go to Diagon Alley to, uh, to get new robes because Harry and Ron keep growing. Couldn't they just use Engorgio
1: to enlarge their robes? just wanted to know what you think about this thanks you guys rock pickles
2: i like that question
1: well well in
0: gorgio wouldn't that make every single thing bigger, bigger including the fabric thickness
1: yeah and um, and the you know oh. the width of the sleeves yeah, yeah. you need it yeah
2: you grow, come on guys well the uh, the robes are gonna be like 50 pounds why do you guys have to attack her? She's eleven I'm years old. I'm not attacking
1: her. Uh, I'm just attacking I'm her. Just I'm attacking you. <laughs> I'm offering logical conjecture. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh,
2: okay. Oh, yeah. I think it's a valid question. How do you know that charm? I just think that's another one of those questions. You know, the toilet well, questions.
1: I think
0: it's one of those bombarda questions where you know, just they would have they would make up a spell just to make an excuse for anything. <laughs> like you just doing gorgio for your food. Just uh, so it seems you like have to something the they do in the
1: movie. To be honest. To get yeah. out of no, right. alley
0: it, it, scene. isn't that that was a spell that they used in the movie? I don't I don't remember them saying engorgio in the Goblet of Fire in the book. Well, they
1: didn't use that one in the book in Goblet of Fire, but it had been used in other books.
0: Would, oh, it has. Yeah. Didn't Moody use it on the spider in the in the movie? Yes, they did it Not in, the, in the
1: movie. No, but they did it in the movie so they could easier illustrate what was being done to the spider. Uh, yeah,
3: okay. but I mean. How else is uh, Madame Melkin going to stay in business? You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey,
1: do you want to put a mom and pop shop out of business? We already know what a conflict that is in today's society with all the Walmart's going so on around right. the country.
2: You're so right. And you know, kind of, it's an it's a wonderful debate. I think. You know, Some people wonder why have we not come up with you know like cures for cancer and such. And some people say it's because if you did, then some companies who provide you know cancer. um you know, radiation and stuff. They would go out of business. Well,
1: I don't think you can really compare life-saving treatment
2: to Let me let me go. Let me go. Something more simpler. Why has there not been a cure for the common cold yet?
1: Because it mutates because, itself. You can't.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Okay, look. These are valid questions. I know it. I heard them from somewhere intelligent. Next voicemail, please get me out of here.
1: Hi, mobile Kostas. This is Ida from the Åland Islands in Finland. I was just watching Jo's Harvard commencement speech again, and I thought of something I would like to share with you, because she talks about working with torture victims through amnesty when in her early twenties, and I was thinking that she might have drawn from that experience in inventing the Cruciatus Curse, and in describing the way Harry felt when hit by that curse, and the way he felt when he thought he was walking towards his death at the end of Deathly Hallows. I was just wanted to hear your thoughts about that thank you for a great show i love you
2: guys bye i think that's a kind of cool question yeah definitely. You know, we were talking about where joe got her inspiration from for writing some things in uh, the book laura what do you think
1: i think that's entirely possible in fact i would be surprised if she hadn't gained any inspiration from working um, with torture victims at amnesty international at all i yeah. i think she definitely did and of course she has her own Um, experience with death that has certainly played a huge role in Harry's emotions. But, you know, seeing, even as a person, um, as any, as an everyday person, um, seeing pictures of torture victims has a profound effect on you, you know, and you just imagine yourself in that situation and it's, it's horrifying. And, and to actually have worked with people who have been through these kind of tragedies, I think would leave... A huge influence mm-hmm. on her yeah
3: and crucio in latin means i torture time so. for
2: the next voicemail
1: hey muggle casters this is henry from new york and um even though he didn't really die i think that you should uh should have or should play a uh, song for harry um his death i uh, i was the one that really popped into my mind was uh, Let It Be by The Beatles. So, um, just, uh,
2: think about it. I don't know. Alright, thanks. Bye. Um, I was talking about this no. with Micah last night. I think that's a good idea. Doesn't Harry deserve a song?
1: He didn't die. He doesn't get a song.
2: Yeah.
1: What? what? You want a song, Harry? Go die. I'm just kidding. I think
2: Let It Be is a perfect song. Yeah, no, no, no. Go for it.
1: Go for it. I'm just giving you a hard time. Wistful words of wisdom, let it be And when the
2: broken heart of people Living in the world agree There will be an answer, let it be Though they may be far There is still a chance that they will see Here's to you, Harry. For the five minutes that Let we thought you were dead,
0: <laughs> he I, I thought we should put Midnight Train to Georgia.
2: <laughs> what is with you in that song? Oh,
1: because
2: boy. he's leaving, leaving. I don't think Laura would ever recommend taking a midnight train to Georgia, would
1: you? No, Laura? and, and I've done several and it several times. It sucks.
2: <laughs> now it's time for Make the m- 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 music connection. Oh yeah, Matt was in charge of th- Matt was in charge of it this week. Matt, what do you got for everyone? Well, um, I got some songs. Oh really? really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just l- oh my gosh. So uh, we'll have Laura go first. Okay, we're gonna do Laura. Make the music
1: connection. Okay. Popular
0: I, ha- I,
2: ha- I have the list. Don't okay. look. I'm not looking. <laughs> Four Minutes by uh, Madonna off her new album, Hard Candy. Wow. Make the connection.
1: Um, all I can really understand through the overly high bass and the <laughs> electronic sound on that terrible song was um, something like, I'm ready to go or something like that, or I'm gonna go. Basically,
2: the, the premise is, I only have four minutes to save the world.
1: Well, I would, you know, I would have to say then that I could relate it to Harry going to meet Voldemort for that final showdown in the forest or what they thought was going to be the final showdown, even yes, though Harry yes. had an hour to save the world, not just Very four good. minutes. Oh, that's
2: true. We can edit that. Someone can make a filk. Anyway, okay. who's next? Uh Micah? Rehab by Amy Winehouse. I would have to. Make the connection. uh, Make the connection.
3: I would have to say that this is Professor Trelawney's theme song.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, actually. All right. uh, It's time for my song now. Here we go. Ah! Um, this is like my favorite song ever. We haven't used this before for Make the Music Connection? No? No. Um, this this is connected to Harry leaving Voldemort. Sorry, <laughs> Dumbledore leaving Harry. Since you've been gone, I cannot breathe for the first time thanks to you. Now I get what I want. But he really doesn't get what he wants.
1: He still hasn't found what he's looking for.
2: everyone laughed at last week I can't figure out why anyway that's how we play Make the Music Connection now it's time for favorites this one comes from Cassidy Jordan 15 of Centerville, Ohio she writes hey first I would like to say that I love the show Andrew and Matt are my favorite hosts of course what? This email was not picked for that reason, I swear. Uh-huh. I have a suggestion to make about a possible segment or something small you could put into your show. I was thinking that each host could decide what job they would do if they lived in the magical world. Also, you could think of a jobs. You could think of jobs other real people might have in the magical world and even characters in the books that we don't know where they work. Just a suggestion. So I thought for favorites this week, we could do what would be our favorite job to work in the wizarding world.
1: Hmm. Who wants to go first? It's kind of a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. I think international relations would be cool.
2: Oh, God, Laura. Of course it's political with you.
1: International relations doesn't have to be political. It can be. A a lot of the time – well, it can be, but I'm – okay, (laughs) uh, let me just – R- Laura, I'm just kidding. you know what? Just no, Andrew, I'm sick of your attitude. I've had oh, no. it. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a language major, so that's probably something I'm going to consider as a profession anyway. But I don't know. I think it'd be interesting in a, in a magical standpoint.
3: Matt, how about you? I don't know. Micah, how about you? You're not going to give Matt some time to answer there.
2: No, no, I'm, he I'm will. Thinking, but I'm just while, while you're answering. Hmm. Well, if you both need more time. Well, okay, what do you think? I would want to be, being the news person that I am, I would be, I'd like to work for uh, the Daily Profit after... You know, in today's society, not when they were against Harry. of course, I would not want to work for such a publication, now, or at least th- not being controlled by the ministry. I should are we going I should
0: by UK standards, or are we thinking like in the
2: US? What What do you mean? Being the wizarding world in the US? I would US? say, well, oh, I don't know. Uh, I, it doesn't really matter, I guess. I, I, I would just like to work for a wizarding newspaper. I, I think it would be fun to have a quick quote quill. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to be the next Rita Skeeter. Matt or Micah, you guys have your favorites. Um, I kind
0: of, I kind of would like to be involved in like magical creatures, like if, um, like Charlie's job, you know, working with dragons, and just, just working with something, s- something that is interesting that gets you out of the house that that <laughs> you don't
2: that you don't stay in an office all day. Mm-hmm. Micah, last but not least. hmm.
3: I don't know I was going to say something in the ministry until Matt says something that's not in an office but I (laughs) kind of but I guess not everybody in the ministry is is stuck in their office all the time Um, I don't know maybe doing like radio play (laughs) uh, goat (laughs) keeper yeah goat keeper (laughs) 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 Hoghead. I don't know maybe doing like radio play by play for a quidditch team or something like that
2: that'd be cool that'd be so cool that'd be cool you can get us tickets you know what someone brought up to me the other day and this is kind of random I can't remember who now Someone reminded me of Quidditch World Cup, the video game. Did you guys ever play that? Oh, yeah,
1: I did. It was pretty lame.
2: No. No. That game was awesome. That was the best Harry Potter game to date. It's still lame, though. It was made by EA Sports. It was fast-paced. I thought it was a lot of fun.
1: The only cool thing about it was you could be other teams. I never played
2: it. Yeah, you could be other teams, yeah. The graphics look good. I just... Oh, that was a wonderful game. Who brought that up to me? I can't remember. But, yeah, I liked it. Mikey. Was it?
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. Never mind. All right, well, we'll wrap things up today with a chicken soup for the Muggle Cast Soul School Edition. Chicken soup for your soul. School Edition. <sighs> It comes from Tom, 12, of Long Island, New York. He writes, I love your show and I have a story to tell. I started listening to MuggleCast by episode 30. I stopped by episode 100 for reasons I now forget. All year I've been bullied in school. I always was miserable and hated school. Then in January, I was still going on MuggleNet, an episode sounded really good, and I downloaded it. I listened to it and fell in love with it once again. From then on, whenever I was feeling horrible, I would go to my iPod and listen to you guys and would feel great once more. Now, at the end of my school year, I feel I must thank you. As without you, I would feel always like there was a Dementor near me. Aww. Thank you so much, and keep up the great work. Aww. Well, Tom. We were his patronus at school.
3: Well, Tom, where do you go to school? I'll pay them Is a the- visit. Well, there, you <laughs> there you go. there you go. Mike, Micah,
2: maybe we can put you in contact with Tom. You can, like, stand behind him as his bodyguard.
3: Yeah. He lives on Long Island.
2: Yeah. You live there, I, right?
3: I do live there.
2: You uh, should go kick some 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 elementary school
3: butt. He's in junior high. Or middle
2: school. Yeah, middle school, junior high. Anyway, well, I think we have reached the what end of our What was your advice? Program.
3: You were going to give advice. No, I yeah.
2: had nothing. No, it wasn't going to be like – I shouldn't make a joke out of it. I mean, the poor kid, you know, it gets bullied. That's kind of sad. <laughs> it is sad actually. Um, so it's time to remind everyone about our contact information. Laura, what's the PO box?
1: It's PO box 3151 coming Georgia 30028. And please, if you've had anything returned to you, email me because we have one yes. person who had something returned to sender. And I don't know why that is. Because I just paid for the next six months on the PO box. But, well,
2: um, yeah, we should say what was returned. What was returned, Laura?
1: It was an umbrella for Mikey. A, a pink, pink one, umbrella. as Mikey
2: requested. Oh. We still haven't told him yet, but you know, he said if someone sent a pink umbrella, he'll sing and dance her in the rain or something. So once we get that umbrella, we will definitely film him doing that, and I think it'll be a very funny video. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know we did the voicemails on the show this week, and if you want to be a part of our voicemail segment, we have some numbers for you to use. If you're in the United States, you can dial one two one eight twenty magic. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven, and if you're in Australia, you can dial zero two eight You can also yeah, so you can also Skype the username Mugglecast. But remember, no matter how you call us, please keep your message under a minute and eliminate as much background noise as possible. Leave some good questions. We'll do some more next week. Um, Don't forget, you can also visit mugglecast.com for a handy feedback form to contact any one of us or just use our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. We also have a variety of community outlets, including the MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Rapper, Last of Them, and the fan listing in the forums over at mugglecastfan.net. You can also follow us on Twitter, digtheshowatdick.com, and vote for us once a month on Podcast Alley. Please make sure to do that soon because it is a new month. And that is about it. Next week, we have uh, another regular show, and then it will be our live episode from Portis 2008. Wow. (laughs) Well, it's two more episodes of Chapter by Chapter, too. Yes, we have two more Chapter by Chapters. We're still deciding whether or not we're going to do the final, that we're going to do the epilogue at the... podcast we'll see yeah depends on if there's more to talk about like a trailer or something I so. mean it's if, if it's a short chat it's a short chapter too I mean it's, yeah it won't it won't take long I mean in all seriousness we don't have a very long time frame for the live show anyway it's right. only an hour long right well as I said that does do it for this week once again I'm Andrew Sims I'm Laura Thompson
3: I'm Micah Tannebel and I'm Matt Britton
2: we'll see you next week for episode 152 Bye-bye. bye 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 Bye.
1: I'm Matthew Britton. Wait,
2: try it again. <laughs> Your mic was down. Do it again.
1: Why? I turned it down
0: because you are making do it, noise. Yeah, yeah. Do it again. Don't touch my mic. <laughs> I'll tell you when you can touch my mic. <laughs> Stop playing around with my mic. It does not like to be
1: touched. <laughs> okay, do it. <laughs> okay. And I'm Matt Britton. There we go.